it's another week in the Foyer Reference household, and it is another emotional journey, OT. Mm-hmm. Not just in the beautifully steeped in quality film that we will be talking about today, but we've mentioned it many times, and welcome, friends and lovers. Our very first episode was Black Panther. It was. And we also had our tribute episode to Chadwick Boseman, where we covered the Five Bloods. We did watch Thurgood Marshall, but we were too sad to talk about it. Um, So, you know, um, this film is more than a film. It is a movement and it is absolutely like the gentle waters of healing. Um, Shout out to Rob, our beloved Rob from Smoke and Mirrors. Um, He decided to listen to our Black Panther episode even now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he also mentioned the box office. It made 330 million worldwide in three days. And it's going to absolutely keep climbing um, as as many that feel moved by any sort of spirits, brown liquor and otherwise, I would dedicate this episode and this recording to everyone that has lost someone and is currently grieving. We'll get through it together, friends and lovers. Let's get on with the show. Friends and quaint colonizing lovers, welcome back to the For Your Reference podcast. You got your host, Katie. And Oti. Assume formation with pocket spears, mountain books, and winged ankles. <laughs> Remain in the stillness of grief and feel the healing waters of Wakanda forever this week. Wow. Wow. Tell them. Shout outs to Fufu and Tibbs for running a screening for the community. It was made quite clear that I was not part of the community, but it was nice to be. Um, It was nice to be um, in the cinema. Before we get into the recording OT, just an emotional check-in. How are you feeling? It's been a couple of days since we've actually watched Wakanda Forever. How are you feeling, my love? Wow. Uh, Man, I think I needed some time after the movie to just take it all in. Uh, It it was very eventful. Uh, We all had thoughts afterwards, and I'm sure we'll share them here. But wow, 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 wow. Let's get into general stats and information. We have coming back to the ranks. Are you excited for Creed 3 OT? (laughs) Wow. That's a majors on your front. Am I right? Sure is. Um, we have the Fruitvale station of it all, the Creed of it all, the original Black Panther of it all, Ryan Coogler in the seat, helming as director as well as writer. We have Joe Robert Cole credited um, for the screenplay as well. This film, this monumental shift in culture, which is black culture, but as we all know, is a part of global culture. Uh, Disney slash Marvel, <laughs> I would say. Uh, yeah, I would say this is my favorite Marvel film. Wow. Yeah. It feels like chewing on glass, but. <laughs> wow. 
wow, I yeah. did not see that coming. Yeah, if I have more character development than your faves, friends and lovers, you got a problem. Uh, <laughs> in regards to budget, $250 million. And again, run it back, a worldwide gross of $330 million. Whoa. Oof. Big bank, eh? Thank you, YGOT. <laughs> he makes an appearance every so often. <laughs> <laughs> in way of cast, we have Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Danai Guerrera, Winston Thick Thighs Duke. <laughs> he reshared my thirsty story, so we're obviously retiring, OT. Oh, for sure. Off the back of his thighs. <laughs> Uh, Florence Kasumba, Dominique Thorne, Michaela Cole. Oh, spoiler alert. I cried more than once. And one of them was just beholding Michaela Cole. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this recording OT. Uh, Tanok Coretta, Martin Freeman, your Julia Louis Dreyfus, would you believe? Mm-hmm. Wow. Way to suck the color out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and the ever eternal, non spoiler, but we love Angela Bassett. We sure do. Baby Bassett and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, Let's get into first impressions. Like we said, this is kind of a full circle OT solstice of it all because this is really where we started our podcast. And, you know, unless you ask Rob, in theory, I would say the Black Panther recording kind of encapsulates who we are as a podcast and maybe perhaps how we are as a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we even rewatched the original OG Black Panther before we dived into this one. So I want to get a bit of your thoughts on rewatching probably since we actually covered it three and a half years ago, um, before we start talking about Wakanda forever. How did you feel rewatching the OG, my love? It got me really excited watching, um, the sequel. I think part of it was just seeing Chadwick as Black Panther, you know, you get the feels. And afterwards, I was like, you know what? Let, let's let's play the Rihanna song again, you know? Just 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 get the feels up and running. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest sort of aspects what I knew that I'd expect from uh, Wakanda Forever because I knew it's going to be super emotional just by the soundtrack alone. You know, they okay. dropped it. I knew what the tone's going to be. I knew it's going to be a dedication to Chadwick, Rest in Power, and wow, they delivered everything. I was super excited. And the interesting thing is, you know, if we know we're going to watch it, we don't really, you know, obviously you can't avoid posters, but we don't watch trailers and that sort of thing. The only inkling that we had into Wakanda Forever was Rihanna's song. Mm. And you were absolutely sold. You were all the way in. All the way in. I don't think there was anything that didn't work for you in the original Black Panther, right? No, I told you it was a masterpiece. It and wasn't a masterpiece. You. There were qualms, quarrels, and quandaries. Every masterpiece has qualms, quarrels, and quandaries. You know, it's only after a few millennia that people are like, oh, this is actually quite cool. I don't know what broken off Benin artifacts you have as masterpieces. <laughs> it needs to be its experience in its whole entirety, Viola Davis. <laughs> uh, I'm one of those people who see a masterpiece and admit it's a fucking masterpiece in that moment. And it was. And that's why when OT says I'm a 10 out of 10, don't believe him. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a podcaster's Tim. <laughs> well, I guess just to capture off our OG Black Panther feelings, I had a fundamental qualm, quarrel and quandary in the sense that we are still dealing with Marvel sort of IP um, and to have Killmonger literally like draw parallels to real life, i.e. slavery and just like abandoning a kid in Oakland, California in 1992. Like that was some hard shit to deal with, right? Yeah. While we're getting an Ant-Man 5, like it's like how, <laughs> how do these exist on the same plane? You see what I'm saying? So, you know, re-watching the OG one, I got scared because I actually felt less than I felt when we originally watched Black Panther and I was worried about how we were going to go in. Um, And I guess just very, very briefly, because obviously I don't want to take away from the impact that we both felt from the film. Um, But obviously there was a lot of anti-vax shit with Letitia Wright and I wasn't sure whether people were just, are we just ignoring it and we're moving on? Okay, cool. Like I wasn't sure what the temperature was Um, and, you know, any sort of scrap of, um, you know, maybe a quote, maybe a whisper of what the production of the film would be. They were theorizing about whether they were going to replace Chadwick, whether they were going to have a different sort of legacy. Like there was so much theorizing that just got in the way. And I'm glad that we, well, there's, there's some, again, as a film podcast, there are some things on the timeline we can't avoid, but I'm glad that we just left it and we just walked in and experienced the film. Because a lot of that sort of discourse just got in the way. Yeah, I hear you. Let's get into your first impressions for Wakanda Forever. <laughs> he laughed in Wakandan. Uh, I, wow. Can I just say, you know, we talk about this, um, you know, a lot. Female isn't a bad word. It just depends on who's saying female. The way some people were saying Wakandan. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm talking about Everett Ross and Julie Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> but you, you continue laughing in Wakandan. Well, I, I didn't get as emotional as you did. You know, it, it wasn't up until the very end and realizing the finality of it all, you know. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Vibranium tissues, vibranium tissues, vibranium tissues. Realizing its finality and just understanding that this is it for Chadwick and how they're going to move on from him. And then the Rihanna soundtrack came in and then the water walk started. I think that was the moment where you're like, oh shit. That's the moment that really, really got me. Yeah. Uh, I Going into this movie, I suspected that we'd get Letitia as Black Panther because there was no, they wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. And but it, it's also important in how it was decided to be done, which I think we both agree was done perfectly. Right, right. And it would have been such a misstep if it was any other person. So seeing the opening scenes with her struggling with grief and all that, that was that was quite um, heart-pulling. And you're like, okay, cool. I, I know this is going to set the tone for the whole movie. Yeah. And what happened in between those scenes, then that's where we can now start talking about the qualms when we go on. Well, I already have qualms because, you know, Shuri's character was the sort of tried and tested formula within Marvel films of that sort of levity. And I didn't care for that in the first one. What are those? 
fools, you know, mm. all of those ridiculous sort of comments that she would made. It didn't add to my experience watching Black Panther. Um, but I will say re-watching it all these years later, I was all for Killmonger. Tonally, I feel like the OG still didn't um, mesh well together in the Marvelisms and the outrightly calling out slavery and colonization. However, I was I was like, get in, loser. We're going museum shopping. No, because your, your Killmonger mood air day all day. <laughs> <laughs> I am, and that's why I don't belong in your Disney tours. I don't I don't belong in your Marvel forums, and I know to leave your discords alone. Um, but in regards to, you know, this Wakanda forever, um, I wasn't sure, you know, Letitia Wright opinions aside, I wasn't sure what a film centering Shuri would be, but this film wasn't that. And I'm so glad that like you, like you talk about, like, obviously we're going to talk about grief in a bit more detail. Um, but I, I love how the film chose its moments and it chose the focus and it wasn't always centered on Shuri. There was so much detail. There was so much characters that were worth exploring that were set up in the first, like Okoye, hands down MVP, right? Yeah. Even though Wakabi wasn't there, but we're still checking for him, right? So Wakabi shit. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I'm not, I, I cannot speak nor be the signatory for that statement. Um, do you have any other general thoughts about Wakanda forever? Nah, man. I would say, you know, we already talked about spoilers. I would say it's unfucking fortunate that all of the black and native indigenous representation had to happen in this one film. Like again, we're getting all of this depth in Wakanda forever and we're dealing with the fifth Ant-Man or whatever the fuck Chris Pratt is doing in an Italian accent. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be an equal sort of distribution across the whole timeline. Otherwise, friends are lovers playing at home. It's fucking tokenism. Wow. Not to this particular film, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to get the accolades, you kind of need to be about it all the way throughout however many fucking phases they have in the Marvel timeline, right? I don't know what's happening to Mahershala Ali's Blade, but I hope we still get to see it, hopefully. Yeah, man. Uh, if, if it feels up to you, we'd have Black Panther every year, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll, I'll start a GoFundMe and I'll just do a supercut of Wesley Snipes in Coming to America sequel. Yeesh. That will be your blade. <laughs> it's the blade we all deserve, OT. Wow. <laughs> Um, I feel like there was a lot of richness in exploring, you know, ancient Mayan culture or Mesoamerican co culture um, that I really feel like it deserved to have its own moment to shine, right? And, you know, don't worry, friends and lovers, I've left it near the end, but we do have a theme of pitting black and, you know, brown people against each other, but we'll get into that into more detail. However, we knew that it wasn't going to be an all-out brawl. So for me, any sort of fighting was going to amount to nothing because we were going to hug and be Care Bear best pals at the end of the day. But I love this. I, I absolutely love this. And this is also why, friends and lovers, 
we don't provide our numerical rating for how we feel about a film. Because why the fuck would you have a 30 to 40 minute episode if you're just going to give it a fucking number, right? Mm -hmm. We're here to immerse ourselves, to heal and to digest, you know, what we've consumed in the world of Wakanda forever. Um, Let's get into our themes. Obviously, we'll talk about the characters as we get there. Um, I want to talk about the world of Wakanda. So it's, it's definitely evolved in the time that we've seen it from the original film. Um, you know, even a lot of the development programs that they had in Oakland, for example, and we obviously see Riri's character later on in the film. How did you feel the world of Wakanda was portrayed in this film? I get the need for Wakanda to try and share their resources to help other people Uh-oh. outside of Wakanda. I understand and I appreciate that. But to me, it should have started home. You know, we in the first Black Panther, we got Nakia, who was literally a stone throw away from Wakanda, trying to help people from the Boko Haram to, to a terrorist, right? Yeah. And... Th- from my understanding, Wakanda didn't give a shit. Uh, so it was Nakia on her own. It yeah, wasn't a representative. Yeah. Of- now, when fast forward to Wakanda forever, all their efforts are going to America cities and whatnot. I'm like, bruh, let's start at home. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but that's also something interesting as well, because the interdynamics of the African continent was such a big focus in the first one. So are we just saying that everyone is best friends now? Yeah. Everyone's singing through the same... um, Is that believable to you? uh, Not really, but we just assumed within the five-year span, a lot of peace treaties and, and, and... Contracts were signed. We didn't see the Agoje with Viola Davis sliding in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you're going to snot bubble over the queen, I'm just going to mention it on the podcast. Um, But, you know, I I mentioned it earlier that this is my favourite Marvel film. You know, Ryan Coogler, like this is, friends and lovers, this is a perfect example of allowing creatives and directives to have full fucking reign to be able to tell a whole story. Mm. Cause this was like, you know, without any sort of restraint, I felt was able to tell the story in full vibrancy. Okay. However, in contrast, talking about vibrancy, I want to talk about the, the colors on the film because we had just watched the original Black Panther and each each tribe was so distinct and was so not just that not just that they were distinct, but they were so vibrant. Like there was so much color in the film. Um, but this film felt very blue. Yeah, it would have been nice to see a variety of different sort of um, colors that sort of resembled Afri- the richness in African culture. Speaking of the richest in African culture of a man, um, I want to talk about production design and I want to talk about costume. Well, first off, I want to lay some love splooshes and accolades because everything was mwah, mwah, mwah. Uh, my eye kept following Okoye, but everyone looked great. And again, I was getting very distracted and I think everyone is my type because Mbaku with his thick ass thighs was my type. Cool, cool Khan in, in every facet was my type. Nakia in every fucking suit she had 
was absolutely my type. So I was getting very distracted. But, you know, you talked about how you saw influences even in the original Black Panther and even here about like Maasai sort of costuming. I want to get a bit of your sort of insight. We saw different costumes which resemble different tribes and that sort of true to, you know, we, we saw with the sort of Maasai culture in there, which was nice to see represent Kenya, whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> which was really interesting to me. So it was great when they're doing the ceremony to see all those people, different tribes coming together to to sort of usher in the new, uh, the new era. Mm-hmm. Nice. The soundtrack was very interesting because, you know, when I think of albums, I think of them being a cohesive piece of art. And I feel like the original Black Panther soundtrack moved in a way that I understand albums to be. Usually with like film soundtracks, and I'm thinking of like Bridget Jones, for example, like it's kind of just a mishmash of whatever the scene needed, right? Um, the soundtrack for this film was very interesting because it felt different. Not, I wouldn't say disjointed, but the the themes throughout the soundtrack were very different, but they always harken back to the stillness. Yeah, I think it sort of set the mood of what to expect with the movie. And I think it did it perfectly for me. Whatever sort of scene that had sort of the bit somber or even trying to pump it up a bit, it wasn't like, ooh, Let's put in some high tempo Afro beats in there. You know, like uh. I appreciated the direction of this and how they just nested it in quite seamlessly. And to elevate sort of each scene that we got, when we got to Thames, No Woman, No Cry, I'm like, oh, take me to another level. <laughs> you know, it, it just lifted the whole lifted the whole cinema. It, you could feel the emotion. You know, we, we watched it in a predominantly sort of black event which is good because you can you can tell the, the the atmosphere and how it meant to everyone and, and you could feel the resonance in the fucking air i could not picture that moment any differently and i think just to point out for our international mostly our american friends and lovers um in australia sydney is one of the most multicultural but unless you're actually planning for it it's hard to have the experience that ot is talking about where you would have a predominantly black cinema yeah so i'm glad you could enjoy that moment and you could cackle over the colonizer comments and all (laughs) (laughs) um just finishing off soundtrack or lack of the decision to remove the usual Marvel like audio and have it still and silent. The decidedly first silent moment of the film and oh, even just seeing it in my head is making me emotional and to have footage of Chadwick Boseman was to high impact. Oh, for sure. I think that was, I cried four times in this film, Moti. <laughs> you did. I cried four <laughs> times. And I'm saying big man tears. I was I was doing some big man tears. And that, yeah, that intro just set me off, man. Like it really absolutely got to me. And, you know, th- this is absolutely, um, you know, the bread and butter of what we're getting into now. I want to talk about grief, OT. Mm-hmm. You know, um, celebrity deaths obviously depends on what the impacts were for you. But I think globally there was a feeling of loss when Chadwick Boseman died. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we, we talked about in the first Black Panther how it, it it was more than a movie; it was a movement, right? Yeah. Uh, we were in Kenya at that time as well during the release, and I think it was like what a month after, 
And Sedembos was still fucking packed. You couldn't get tickets. It was mm. just a phenomenon, you know? And the fact that you get a black sort of superhero that means so much to people and what it represents, yeah. you know? We've grown up with a lot of shit that we don't see ourselves on screen. And once you put that in and you see the resonance and how it meant to people, all the kids that can look up and feel like they can do fucking anything... It was the person that helmed the role so well. Yeah. Um, not being there anymore. And, you know, in as much as losing someone is sad, we can also celebrate uh, his achievements and, and everything is done because it will stick with us forever, man. Like, it's fucking brilliant. I, I would also add another layer on there. Um, Chadwick Boseman passed away at a time where not just the world, but black people were going through so much. I would say too fucking much, right? We were dealing with a global pandemic, um, you know, George Floyd's death, Black Lives Matter protests all around the world, and just a general, a general widening of the gap of if you were about black lives, you were about black lives. And if you didn't fucking care, then that was just going to add to that sort of dissonance, right? Mm. Um, and unfucking fortunately for a lot of um, ethnicities around the world, even though we are two, three years into a pandemic, a lot of us are still grieving our kin. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are still trying to make sense, if not directly from COVID, but, you know, as byproducts of, as losing funding can also lead to neglect of our own people. Um, you know, personally, this film hit me on a lot of levels. Um, you know, I kind of talked about it in the Nope review of, I guess in that sense it was more salacious and it was more um, through symbolism about talking about the need for release, right? Mm. We were all ready to be gaudy and just fuck shit up. <laughs> 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 or being the horse, um, aptly named Ghost and just running off into the field, right? Mm -hmm. I Well, personally, I feel like globally there is a need to release and there is a need to fucking grieve. And that's what I felt this film did personally for me. Yeah, that's very interesting because it, it did give us that sort of opportunity to reflect right and mm. i just think the way they executed it um was brilliant i think the level of respect you could see that they put in they put in a lot of thought it was just something to behold man and we haven't even talked about the opening scene you know when they do the funeral sort of procession right that was again that 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 was <laughs> You know, it's not therapy, but it was absolutely healing, right? And to see even Okoye, you know, even to see, you know, the women in his life, warriors, but also women in his life, bearing his coffin. Mm. And it also being a moment of celebration, but it also being a moment, like you say, of reflection. Yeah. I absolutely loved, you know, my, my, my heart is still being tussled, but I absolutely love the way that they dealt with that. And, you know, even later on in the film, man, <laughs> Ryan Big Balls Kugler, because who the fuck kills off Angela Bassett? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't kill off Athena from nine one one. How did you? How did you feel about that? Because personally, I was like, "This is fucked." But also, again, unexpectedly having to grieve and continue to grieve for my kin, I fucking got it. There had to be something radical that needed to happen to get Shuri to become Black Panther, for Shuri to see the need that Black Panther is needed within the community. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't going to happen otherwise. If if Ramonda was still there, I feel like Shuri would have just been like, oh, let's try and figure out how we can defeat this guy. This isn't got technology and all that shit. With Ramonda gone, gave Shuri a kick up the backside, like, mate, you need to get up. You need to figure out what you're going to do. You need to get Black Panther back. He's just more than a super-powered cat, you know? He symbolizes so much more for everyone in that community. So it was needed. It was important for that moment to happen. Otherwise, Shuri doesn't get to be Black Panther. Can I be honest with you? Mm. I actually didn't care about Shuri coming into her own and becoming Black Panther. Wow. Yeah. Well, again, I, I didn't necessarily care for her character. And I think I was already riding the wave of what whatever was being offered to me in this film. Whether she was a successful Black Panther or not, it, it didn't add or remove anything to my experience, which I guess in that sense is a good thing. The gimmicky sort of character that we got Shuri in the first Black Panther, you know, full of hijinks and all that, that Shuri isn't what we get here. Yeah. We get a more somber Shuri, a Shuri that has more responsibilities, mm-hmm. that is facing a world where everything that she thought was stable is slowly being lost. Yeah. I think the perfect moment to encapsulate that was... When she did take the flagship tab, and you know who she saw? No one else <laughs> other than Killmonger. Hey, cuz. Oh, hey, niece. <laughs> oh, man. Panties. Panties were being thrown in the cinema. <laughs> I kept my panties from Mbaku, but still, panties. True, true. Uh, like, we know how much hatred she felt, how much anger she felt. And with all those emotions and then seeing Killmonger and thinking that her ancestors didn't want anything to do with it. No, cause that wasn't the reason. You needed to sort out your anger, the same anger that Killmonger had, the same, you know, rightfully so as well. You know, yeah. it's oh, absolutely. fucking shit. Absolutely. And for her to see Killmonger be like, oh, what the fuck? Did people abandon me? Well, at least they're consistent because you said, why didn't Wakandans care about anyone else? They didn't even care about some Wakandans. <laughs> 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 nah, Killmonger deserved the mantle. Absolutely. Yeah. If Killmonger was still alive, definitely the mantle would have gone to him. But this is where my qualm with the movie comes in. Ooh, it only took you this long. Welcome, Oti. Yeah, something that you also raised it while we were watching in the movie is why are brown and black people fighting each other? Yeah. There's a fucking bigger enemy out there. You didn't see my furious hotep hat on? <laughs> <laughs> why oh why? Yeah. You know? And I said this, and I told you, I told you. In the first movie, if you're not pitting Wakandans against each other, Killmonger doesn't fucking die. Because people come and see him. Like, his energy, fine, he wanted to be Black Panther and whatnot. But there are ways to handle that better. Uh, there are ways to handle that situation better. Burn that shit to the ground, I say. 
<laughs> Ryan Coogler, I'll step in for Michael B. Jordan next movie. And that's why we get, and then in this movie, it's not, it, we move from internal fucking bickering and fighting. We come here, we find another society who has vibranium full of bloody brown people. And then we fight them too. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Well, I'll also shout out my my best childhood friend that is Nigerian. You know, if I wasn't sure there was a divide, she was making it very clear. Every time we had Namor's people come up, she's like, can you handle your people? <laughs> what the fuck are your people doing? And I'm like, hey, I'm not even mine. Um, ah, okay. Well, I guess we're going to get into it. Hey, um, yeah, I didn't like that. I absolutely didn't like that. Um, first off again, like I said earlier, the richness of the ancient Mayan culture should have been in a separate film. It was weird. Kind of like when we're talking about Halloween ends in the trilogy, they introduce a new fucking character. Like in a film where we were grieving and we were trying to move on, you're introducing not just a new character, but a whole fucking world. I don't even have qualms with introducing the world there because I think how Marvel do, they introduce it in another sort of movie. So Black Panther was introduced in Avengers and whatnot. Fine. I, I can understand that and I can appreciate that. I'm pretty sure we'll get an Atlantis movie with all of them. I think there's going to be a companion show. Yeah. So, so, you're, so I didn't have issues because you have to introduce them somewhere. It makes it made sense to me for them to be introduced here. What didn't make sense is people with, a, with, with sort of a shared understanding of their world and what's good and bad still could not come to the table and fucking agree. And in this, Wakandans were the fucking dickheads. Wow. That's what pissed me off even more. That's what pissed me even more. Wow. Like the fact that Wakandans, Ramonda specifically, oh. made decisions that was just fucking unbelievable. You waited for our loyal friends and lovers to get to this part, hey? Like it's it's true though. They didn't do anything wrong. They wanted to kill the person who was fucking building gadgets to detect vibranium. Fair. Fair. But also taking Shuri wasn't a problem either. Shuri offered herself. Yeah. So, and they treated Shuri with so much fucking respect. Yeah. They even gave her royal garb. For Ramonda to then go kill the guy's kid. Of course, there was going to be retaliation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We were the buddies in this movie. Why are you saying we? Because we are Wakandans. Don't you see? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was made very clear that I'm not a part of the community. <laughs> I just didn't appreciate that. I was like, what is going on? But that's what I'm saying. You keep you keep acknowledging the Marvel machine, but you also don't understand that the 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 lack of capacity in storytelling is because of the Marvel machine. It couldn't go that deep. And also, I'm going to start a consultancy brand um firm OT. You can't I feel like the word colonizer was used at least three times. You can't use the word colonizer three times and have two groups of people, black and brown people that have been colonized and still feel the ongoing ramifications of colonization fucking fight each other? Why the two white ex wife and ex husband just giggle gaggle over bagels? Fuck off. <laughs> it's the world we live in, though, right? You were you were getting me to my final form. I was getting you to your final form, but I want to say this: the next iteration of Black Panther. Should we not fucking fight each other again? Because I'm over fucking that. It's ridiculous. It's gotten to a point where I vibed with Killmonger because he made sense. Eh. 
He made sense, but tonally the film didn't make sense. At least we can agree on that. Nah, tonally everything made sense to me. All right. With this, I'm like, great, you found people that are like you, and then we're gonna go on and fight each other. Yeah. And not only that, we're gonna get Shuri. Who? Katie loves montages. I love a montage. If a montage doesn't happen, shit didn't go through. Montage. I get that the the hub gave Shuri some powers. But how? We need to know. How could she defeat Kul Kul Khan? Oh, oh OT's nice. <laughs> it made no sense. It felt like, um, what, what movie was that? When we saw um, Aquafina shoot an arrow. Shang-Chi? Yeah. Yeah. Aquafina came out of nowhere, <laughs> fucking killed the main boss. I was like, yeah, show over with a, with one arrow. I'm like, how? Where? What? Well, what was this all for? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's been battling for centuries. But I think also at the same time, they're introducing Kul Kul Khan and they want us to love him, but he was also, because for the most part, the film was being told from the point of view of the Wakandans. So if you're not with the Wakandans, that means you're the enemy. Therefore, Namor is the enemy. But now they want us to be cool with him. So I'm like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. No, to me, it was quite clear that they're going to be buddy buddies. They're going to kumbaya the end. But that's what I'm saying. What was the point of them fucking fighting? Yeah, it, it just felt so unnecessary and that's why I, I was so frustrated with Ramonda she should have known better and that's why when she died I was like you know what this is a change of gut we need some people with fucking sense in here tell us you have a abolish the matriarchy shirt without <laughs> telling us <laughs> where's all your anti-feminism memorabilia OT <laughs> it's you know match store mate <laughs> backslash 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 OT only <laughs> Wow, you are really coming for Ramonda. So you're so all of the problems are solved now because she's not around, right? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much it was a clean slate afterwards. Wow. Right? She caused the death of Kuku Khan's daughter. Fine. Mm. She's dead now. The debt is paid. Clean slate. So I can understand he can go back to his community and be like, you know what? I was beaten. I'm gonna bend down to these guys. But, Let's now. But if if you're already you as when you say collective we, you're talking about you we, not me we. Um, but when we talk about Neymar, I would not because now he looks fucking weak. How many drug game shows do you need to watch OT to know that he's lost respect from his people? Yeah, the, the two I see was like, you know what. Why did you bow down to this people? Because it's true. He looks weak now. He does look weak. Especially because they were treating him like he was lesser, like their people were lesser. They have a fucking underwater empire, you bitches. <laughs> even to the way that they they had woven into the beads and, you know, even the fact that Shuri was so impressed by their technology as if perhaps, perhaps they're more and <laughs> with my whole brown lips maybe they were more advanced than the wakandans i don't know wow but i'm just saying like it feels it it's got that roy wood jr residue you know the wakandans are doing a bit of some oppressing if you ask me <laughs> no but it's true because they're both on level of having vibranium and i would say even supported through evidence and dialogue in the film 
that they, the Tolokans, were more powerful in regards to their usage of vibranium, right? Mm. But they were made to feel lesser, again, through your anti-matriarchy of Ramunda. They were made to feel lesser and feel disgusting. And for some reason, Neymar, with his cute little ankle wings, decided that he would take that subservient role. Yeah, I, I just... Never yield, my friend. Yeah, never yield, man. You're a god. You've been there for years and Literal years. god. So, yeah. And getting stabbed with a little pencil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not about toxic masculinity, but Shuri in that suit did not look very formidable to me. Wow. <laughs> Come on, be honest. Yeah, true that, true that. I, I'm not going to fight. I, I, just, I just wanted a montage where she learned how to fight. The suit can only give you so much. You have to bring some skills to the bar. Even Tandiway would fill the suit better. Hey, do you think a mad that looked like anyone there? <laughs> like Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pitting black and brown. You know what? And, you know, we're getting very spicy, very muy caliente. Um, since, we, since you've made it this far, friends and lovers, congratulations. Um, colonizers and otherwise. Um, if what... If, if the story was only necessary by the way that it was told, I would prefer that the brown people weren't in it. Okay. And have a separate film and just have Wakandans fighting each other after they grieve. I don't know. But I didn't. It just felt there. Yeah. Like we get forces. We get different countries trying to come and steal vibranium, you know. They're yeah, but it wasn't. Cover. It wasn't the Tolokans. They didn't cover, cover ops. I'm like, okay. We know who the bad guys are. Why are you introducing brown people yeah. so they can fight each other? Yeah. When in reality, we shouldn't be. Yeah. Because we know better. Yeah. And they surely do know better. Yeah. Because at the end, they say it themselves. And thank you. <laughs> at least at least fully commit. At least fully commit and don't acknowledge them as colonizers. Because at that point, you're just like giggling around. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's like a Taika Waititi, Jojo Rabbit level of joking around with the enemy. Mm, I wouldn't go that far, but... Well, then why treat the brown people so much of an enemy? If if Everett Ross can be a cuddly bear, why are the brown people suddenly the native savages? That's not fair. Yeah, they've got to do it differently. They've got to... We know who the enemies are. Let's stop the infighting. Uh, let's fight some proper bad guys, bruv. We ride it down. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really covered off any characters, OT. Um, and, you know, maybe we can talk at, at length at Christmas time. But, you know, there's a couple that we haven't even talked about at all. I want to talk about Anika. I want to talk about Michaela Cole's character. Mm-hmm. I thought she was a lot of fun. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it, it, she showed the difference between, because you could tell, Okoye is super OG. Yeah. And she She's follows. very traditional. Yeah. And Anika is like, okay, I've got new tools. I don't need to carry a spear. I've got these daggers made by Shuri, which are cool, which give me extra agility in the battlefield. Uh-huh. And Okoye is like, nah, man, spear is spear. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you could tell where they're coming from. And I think one of the best moments, let me just pivot for a bit because I brought up Okoye, was... Her being told the truth by Ramonda, I think that was really important for her to hear. Yeah. Because you can be so traditional and you can be so OG that you can stick to the law to the letter. But for you to then feel like, oh man, give me another opportunity. Give me another chance to, to, to prove my worth. There's only so much string you can get. And I think what Ramonda was telling Okoye was 100% needed. 
She needed to hear that shit. I retract my yeah. I didn't realize this is where you were going because I do not agree with you. What don't you agree with? Ramonda only said that because it served her purpose. But it was fact. Shit needed to be aired out. When when they were being thrown out in the first uh, Black Panther, Okoye was like, nah, this is my duty. I've got to stay and I'll be with um, Killmonger. It wasn't until later on when she was like, oh man, Killmonger's a bit unhinged. Let me now change sides. No, but that was also because they thought T'Challa died. So the 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 mantle of their family didn't remain in the same position because they thought T'Challa was dead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you've got to have some loyalty. But you say you also love Killmonger, so he wasn't that bad of a guy. He wasn't a bad of a guy. But if I if if I was to expect to have a relationship with someone like Ramonda and Okoye thought they had. And for Ramonda to even ask, she asked specifically, what the fuck is Okoye? So so loyalty to the throne means nothing to you is what you're saying. You can be loyal to the throne to some degree, but then you have to take some, there has to be some nuances, bruv. You can't just be, oh, the throne. Yeah. Joffrey on the throne. Yeah. No. <laughs> Daenerys on the throne. No, no, no. <laughs> You've got to put some sense on it. It's not okay. just bland loyalty. Okay. And yes, she did flip and she and she did do right by everyone else at the end, even against Wakabi. But I think that instance where Ramonda felt betrayed, she had been clinging onto it and she mm-hmm. needed to let that shit out. And you could tell Okoye was like tearing and she knew, she knew she had fucked up. It needed to be aired out. Facts. Say something positive about a female character. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like anybody? <laughs> I did. It's not that I dislike them. I love Okoye. I'm just saying it was a moment where she needed to be told how it is. You know, she's either or not, she feels like spears are what's traditional and what should be used by everybody. Like you need to be more open to the ways of the world. And I think that's what we get at the end. We get a sense of her accepting even the costume. I feel like she was never wrong though. Okay. That's, that's on you, man. That's on you. Because then we don't get the character development that she gets in this movie. No, that's on me. And I'll be laying on the bosoms of my lady loves. Fair enough, man. Um, I didn't know that was going that way. I absolutely love Dakoye. I and again, there is a way to do humor, and everything in regards to humor with Okoye's character landed every single time. Mm. Uh, I really love Namor's character, irregardless of how I felt about the structuring of the storytelling um, of the film. I also feel like for it to take up so much of the film, it felt like it was really just Namor and Namora and maybe even Atuma. Like there was only really three characters on top of the expansive cast of Wakanda. Mm. You know what I mean? So first off, that means the Tolokans are never going to win. And second of all, like what was like, are we bringing in richness or are we just bringing in the brown people to the gladiatorial arena to fight? Oh, exactly. Okay. Well, obviously the, there's, there's a lot more, um, to talk about, but I think this is a good time to, um, you know, move into the healing waters of the Moana. And the only thing I want to say about that is, you know, a lot of ancient cultures in the world find healing through water. Mm. Right. Um, and if you listen to the Muru, um, review also the interview, um, that I was able to do, we talk about that, you know, like in the 
Pacifica sort of cultures, we call it the Moana and, you know, going into the ocean for that clarity, for that healing, you know, for that sort of reflection. Um, and first off, I love that the brown people were in the ocean. Um, and, and second off, I love how it really did just wash over a lot of the pain, whether executed or not. Um, but I just wanted to give a little call out, um, you know, because I am a little bit of a water bending baby. Mm. Let's finish off with, uh, I guess, the most buoyant of themes that we have. I really missed Forrest Whitaker, I must say. Um, let's talk about the accents in the film. How did you feel, you know, like how did you feel with the OG Black Panther compared to this one? It didn't distract me as, as much as the first one, um, which was weird. But I think more I had my expectations uh, with, with the mood being set quite early. My focus was m- farthest away from it. I think I was just encapsulated in the moment and seeing everything unveil rather than focusing on things that would distract me from that. Nice. I would say Angela Bassett kind of distracted me. I th- I would say because she was one of the main and because she had a lot of dialogue, her accent, if that's what you want to call it, was a bit distracting to me, especially because a lot of her speeches were very powerful and serious. Like It wasn't like a joke. Mm. You got a little bit of time? You got a little bit of love for Mbaku? Oh, love Mbaku, man. Wow. He he's would you have loved to see him as Black Panther, even for a little bit? I thought they were kind of teasing that at the end. I however I would say, and again, that this is talking to performances as well as writing. Um, to me, it's believable that he wouldn't take the mantle out of respect for T'Challa. Mm. Um, even the buckle that we got in this film, he was fine to be in the background, especially to a lot of the women in Wakanda, mm. right? Um, we got, albeit tantalizing and muy caliente, um, but we got a more somber sort of Mbaku. And, you know, even his, even his comment about talking about cool, cool Khan and being like, what, you didn't know we had books in the mountains? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I think just one of my closing things is I... The suits distracted me. Like, not not the Black Panther suit. The Koye. Not, yeah, the Koye suit. They sort of iron manning everyone up. I was like, come on now. We yeah. can do better than this. Stop leaning to westernize. iron man shit. Yeah. Put it in the bin. Look at, look at what the Tolokans are doing. I'm sure they're leaning on indigenous ingenuity. Fine. Riri's from... America, fine. Let her do the Iron Man shit. But giving Okoye, yeah, like Nakia, no, 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 no. I was like, what's what the point? F- what is this? What is this? It's Ant Man Five. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just, I just wanted something different. I don't know what. Even the suits looked sh- shitty as. It, it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't cohesive to the world that we know of Wakanda. It did exactly. Because what's the point of vibranium if you can just go and do what um, Iron Man does? (laughs) I was like, I needed something different. Why were you? Why were you harnessing your hot commodity when you're just going to go next door and buy a Transformers outfit? Like, what's the point? I don't know what I expected. I just didn't want. I didn't. I didn't appreciate the Iron Man ness of it. I was like, ugh. Fuck's sakes. It was like Don Cheadle putting it on, right? 
Don Cheadle should just come and join the army, bruv. OT, mm. fund my screenplay, Cheadle Monga. <laughs> 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 okay, um, let's finish off with this um, sort of discussion point. Well, first off, I did mention I cried four times. Uh, the first one was the opening credits, obviously, at the end of the film, and then two of them had to do with Nakia. Um, obviously, when you have Lupita at the helm, there's going to be a lot of quality. There's going to be a lot of thespian acting, right? Um, she brought a lot of depth and I really appreciated that. You know, there, there was a lot of grounding. There was a lot of anchorage in this fictional world. Um, and it's, it's definitely the reason why I love this film so much is because it didn't feel like a Marvel film. Yeah, it she, felt like a drama. Yeah. She, she really does ground this movie in all the scenes, even in, in the fast instance, you know, mm. she's out there trying to rescue women from the Boko Haram in this, she's volunteering somewhere else, trying to do good. You know, 80. it's not just about being closed off in Wakanda and doing Wakanda shit. It's about, okay, I know that I can help people out there and that's not care for you. Yeah. And her character in this is just fucking a marvel to behold. Even when she said that I, she couldn't just be in Wakanda, you know, yeah. because you have, you had Black Panther there doing Black Panther shit, but he, she didn't really need that. Yeah. You know, she wanted more. She wanted something, you know, she wanted a society where with all the resources Wakanda has that can help everyone else be lifted up, especially everyone else within the community. Yeah. And that's why I love Nakia. She's one of the favorites. And I think the last scene, seeing the baby. <laughs> the wee baby Seamus. Oh, wow. Wow. So this probably gives them the clean slate to choose whoever they want um, to do to be Black Panther in the future in the future movies. Well, they have a House of the Dragon scenario, and Shuri tries to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of the magical thing about cinema is that no matter what your preconceived sort of notions are, no matter what you think your theory is that would be the best sort of decision for a film. It all doesn't fucking matter if you surrender yourself to the art of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. If you remove the layers of, oh, you know, leave leave Chadwick's le legacy alone. Oh, you can't touch T'Challa. Oh, you can't introduce a kid into this. If you just remove all the fucking layers, the Wachowskis, deconstructionism, matrix of it all, if you as a lover, as a film goer, just remove all those fucking layers and allow yourself to experience the film at its serving suggestion, you might just feel fucking something. Mm -hmm. Ooh, how are you feeling, my love? It was quite cathartic just talking about this movie. I think with all the qualms I raised, I think those are very minimal compared to the overall experience that I got. Um, I love this. I think what it does for the community is also great. So you know what? If you've watched it already, go to the cinemas again and watch it again, however many times you want. I hope when you said it was cathartic, it wasn't because you needed to let go of your hatred for brown people. We're going to have an OT manga soon or? Wow. <laughs> But I, I I absolutely agree with you. Um, again, it's not therapy, but it's it's very healing, um, and there's a lot of emotion to be felt. But ooh, ooh, ooh. 
like a warm embrace and a slap on the ass. Am I right, OT? Mm-hmm. That's the customary welcoming in the foyer reference household. We're going to finish off in a segment we call foyer reference. OT. I'm going to go a bit left field today. Usually for your reference section, we reference movies or TV shows that we've, that we've enjoyed previously. But this time, I'm going to reference a comic book. I'm going to reference Indigivus. Hey! Aboriginal superhero comic. It's amazing. Our patrons will be getting their copies soon. It's one of those things that, you know, it sets ground. It, felt, it feels very Black Panther-esque. Wow. And I love it. I've read it multiple times. I can't wait for the second part to come out, which is soon, which you can pre-order as of now. Hey. Uh bro, Indigenous is 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 something that I'm hoping we get it adapted to to a, a movie or a show soon enough. Wow. But for now you can enjoy it as a comic and you won't be disappointed. Wow. Well, you're definitely on the Nikia side of the family in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will reference another unfortunate moment in time when the lead talent passed away and the production had to continue. Yes, I am talking about the star's production of Spartacus. Rest in love and peace and power, Andy Whitfield, and rest in wherever you are, Jai Courtney. <laughs> um, if you found Jai Courtney on Twitter and Instagram, let us know. We're at For Your Ref Pod. Write us an email at hello at We're also on Enter the Black and Brown People into the Gladiatorial Arena podcast if you like to leave a rating and review. And we'll see you guys next week. Wakanda forever! Oh.